It is easy for worship leaders to feel alone. There is tremendous pressure on us each week to perform, to lead, and to help direct an amazing experience of worship and connection to God. But it's so overwhelming. There's no place to go to talk through these unique challenges worship leaders face. Welcome to the table. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the next episode of The Table. Hey, we're in a new month, which means we have a new topic. And this month, we're talking about how to take care of your yourself. And how to. T- and a few months ago, we actually talked about taking care of yourself in a, uh, in a sense of like rest and, and, and rejuvenation. But this month, we're talking about how to take care of your voice, how to take care of your hands, take care of your body, and the fact that we play music a lot. And our, those are physical activities. Uh, and so this month, uh, this week, I should say, we're talking about voice, and I am joined by two ladies. Uh, ladies, why don't you introduce yourselves? I'm Sherry Gould. I'm a vocal coach. I teach uh, nationally, internationally at worship conferences. I also have a vocal column in Worship Musician Magazine. Amazing. I'm uh, Corinne Patel. Um, I am Sherry's daughter, and I've uh, also been a vocal coach for about 15 years since about 2007 when I got my bachelor's degree. Um, and I mostly just teach classical techniques to non-classical singers. It's kind of oh, you know, where, where I land. Um, I'm from Princeton, New Jersey, but I just recently moved to Miami, Florida. And that's where I live with my two children and my husband. Oh, I love that. Now, did, did your mom make you like practice a lot as a kid? Were you always like were you always, were you, are you, I know because you're, you have a lot of sisters, um, but were you like this, were you singing a lot as a kid? Was your mom working that angle? Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, we, have, we have a very strong foundation and yeah. <laughs> we amazing. sang together as a family a lot. Um, and we also, my mom had a, a production company, so okay. we were in theater and oh. we performed in theater. We sang in church, um, harmonized with each other. And then kind of, as I got older, you know, did, did some more like actual events and performed a little bit publicly and also recorded in some studios as like background. Um, so it definitely was a, it was a very musical, musical group. That's amazing. I love that. I love that. Um, Hey, so we're talking to worship leaders in like, is there, I want to have my first question for you guys. And, um, what are some ways you can warm up your voice? Cause I know we don't, a lot of times, just jump. A lot of guys just jump into singing on on Sunday morning or rehearsals. Like, what are some ways that make on my way to church? Like, on in the morning, what are some ways I can warm up my voice? Um, Jason, that's such a great question, and I'm really glad you asked it because warming up your voice on a regular basis is how you can keep your voice healthy and strong. One of the benefits of singing correctly and singing for a long period of time is that it actually keeps your vocal cords younger and and more healthy. So if you listen to an, an older person who's been singing correctly their whole lives, you'll notice that there's a freshness and a youthfulness to their voice. Whereas if you sing it incorrectly, obviously you can do damage and then then you can actually ruin your voice, sometimes even permanently. But the great thing about warming up on a regular 
basis is that it really helps you maintain what you have. Now, one of the reasons it's important to warm up is because when you warm up, you slowly stretch those vocal cords like any other muscle in your body. You infuse them with blood and you allow them to function at their peak capacity. A lot of people make the mistake of not warming up and then they immediately go into singing. And a lot of times the singing that they do is forceful. And when they're doing this, they actually can damage tiny little tears in the muscles of the vocal cords, which causes them to kind of run out of steam 15 minutes into their into their uh, their singing. And it's very frustrating for them. So if you want to get the best use of your vocal cords, you want to go ahead and warm up. And what I usually suggest is start first thing when you wake up with a gentle hum. And you can hum either on an N or on an M. The shower is the best place in the world to warm up. And if you're taking a shower on your Sunday morning before you get to church, you have no excuse. You need to turn that, that <laughs> hot water on, steam up the bathroom, and just start singing away. If you feel like you're going to wake up everybody in the household, then just stick to that hum and just hum gentle scales. You can actually continue this on your way to church. And what I don't recommend again is just to, to start out singing a song. But by the time you get into the car, if you've done maybe 10, 15 minutes worth of, of warm-ups around the house while you're getting dressed, while you're getting ready, then you can start um, you know, singing along to some songs in the car that might help you really warm up your voice the way you're going to sing on a, on, on a Sunday morning platform once you get there. Now, I know some people will say, yeah, but I'm going to get it in the car and it's going to be like my whole family there. Well, that's when you turn it into a family social affair and you get everybody to sing together and you'll all get the benefit. Just, drive, just driving down the road with the steering yep. wheel, exactly. families hanging out the window singing. I, I, I could see this. There you go. It's a great way to learn scripture because uh, Corinne mentioned that I had the production company and, you know, over the years, there were hundreds and hundreds of kids involved in that. And we did evangelistic musicals and it was a great outreach. But one of the benefits of that was memorizing scripture through song. And you know that the, um, the, the way memory works, it just works so much better when you sing it. We can remember lyrics to songs that we, we knew 40 years ago. Well, some of us who are over 40, well, 40, <laughs> 40 years ago, but we can't remember why we walked into the kitchen. And that's because that part of the brain functions in a, in a, different, in a different way. So memorizing scripture through song is just another great addition to your Sunday morning warm-up. I love it. Corinne, you have some thoughts on that? Well, also just you know, to not do anything particularly wrong, <laughs> um, to like take away from, from the warming up and from kind of the approach to, to singing. If you know you're going to be singing in the morning, one of the things that I, I make sure I do is get up early enough to even naturally have a, a, my voice wake up. Because to kind of have those thick chords in the morning anyway, um, it just kind of sets you off on the wrong foot. And then and there's just other small things that that one can do that makes it harder, makes it harder to get started. What you drink, the temperature it is, whether, you know, sometimes people put cream in their coffee and that's kind of one of those things that gives people phlegm or it may bother them. Um, so kind of just avoiding any any sort of vocal triggers that might be bad um, for you. Um, also, when it's really, really cold, it was a long time ago, my my voice teacher from college taught me to put a scarf on. She just said, you can always tell a singer on her way to perform because she's going to have her, her scarf covering her <laughs> neck. So just small things, you know, like that, that, you know, you really want to take those extra precautions to not do anything that could be negative. Absolutely. I had to do a, um, I had to lead a worship 
once at a uh, sunrise service on Easter morning. It's the worst. Like there, no, there's no intent. There's no reason that anyone should be doing that. First of all, but the <laughs> like it, I, I had to. It was with a full band too, and so I had to be up at like two thirty in the morning to to get there to set up and then rehearse the band. And then we did Sunday morning, or we did their sunrise service, and we're singing at like five thirty in the morning. And I'm like, this is not meant to be ever a thing. This should not be a. This should not be a thing. But uh, yeah, so the early mornings is the. I agree. In fact, my um, my pastor years ago always wanted to take the choir on our uh, caroling at Christmas time, and it would be freezing cold outside. It would be uh, snowing, damp, and he, it would be the night before we were set to do a cantata or some sort of a presentation. And I, he and I would go to fisticuffs over it because I would say, "You're not taking my choir out there. Sorry." <laughs> Take everybody else in the congregation, but don't take my don't choir. Don't take the choir. Uh, that's amazing. What are some What are some long term strategies to protect my voice? And so, like these are we're talking the warm ups like Sunday morning, but like I'm thinking long term. What are some good strategies that can help me just maintain good vocal health? I think uh, my mom can probably elaborate really, really well on on some just key key things to do. But the first thing that always comes to mind for me. Um, is again, kind of on the, the avoid the negative side, um, which, which for me, your lifestyle itself is just the first step to what condition your instrument is going to be in. And I feel like, you know, right now I'm a mom of young kids and just simply by the end of the day, my voice is maxed out from just talking, totally. from, just, from just explaining, answering questions, you know, and maybe a, the occasional <laughs> shout here or there. So, no. you know. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, not my grandkids. No. Not my no, grandkids. No, no. Perfect. <laughs> other children. Other, other people's. I was at the park. Yes, I was at the park. And that's kids, when yeah. other people's but, kids. But man, I just constantly in my head, I'm thinking, what can I do to protect my voice before I even started the the prospect of singing um so i just wanted to say that and then mom maybe you can give a little more specific in the positive <laughs> you know jason before before i i launch into uh keeping you know things that you can do and of course i agree with corinne that one of the important things is to not do negative things i, I don't want to i don't want to undermine all the positive effects that good singing can have on your body there is so much research done about how singing helps your health from emotionally to spiritually to physically all kinds of different aspects studies that have been done that show how it uh, singing together in a choir actually raises your immune system how cortisol is decreased and endorphins are increased there are so many different things because when you're breathing correctly and you're singing with the proper muscles then what happens is you're strengthening your your diaphragm those intercostal muscles even your facial muscles the lungs get a workout. It's like a God-designed way of improving your health. You know, it's, it's not an accident that we are called to sing. We're commanded to sing almost as much in the Bible as we're commanded to love one another. Yep. And there are no accidents in scripture and with God. So we know that the way he designed our body is such that we benefit when we praise him through singing. Now on the Conversely, the sad thing is what we're seeing today is so many, just as you mentioned at the opening, a lot of worship leaders are not trained. And so what's happening is they're singing in a way that 
is not healthy for them. So not only do they not enjoy all the benefits of singing that they could, they are probably doing damage to the vocal cords and cutting their life, their singing life short. You know, your voice is designed to last your lifetime and it will if you take care of it. So I guess the first thing I would say, long-term strategy, learn how to sing correctly. Even Mm. if that requires you getting a lesson here or there so that you understand breathing and um, breath support is probably one of the key elements to singing correctly. Learn how to relax and and lower your larynx and keep your face relaxed and and solely concentrate on that diaphragm for power. Try to steer away from faddish types of singing such as air in the tone air in the tone is like whispering on steroids and it's a very very popular uh, form of singing right now however it's very destructive to the vocal cords nodules bleeding vocal cords polyps are just endemic right now we have seen such an increase in vocal damage it's just beyond me you know i i teach all over the country and i'm doing conferences when prior to covid maybe 30 to 40 conferences a year and we're ramping back up and i never have gone anywhere and i wish that was an exaggeration jason but it's not i have never gone anywhere that i don't meet people with vocal damage that i need to start them on a course back to health so learn how to sing correctly People also really do think that getting voice lessons or getting a coach is just for the sake of sound, just to sound more pleasant or or achieve Mm. a a style that they're going for. When in reality, the main reason and the main thing that I do in teaching is teach people how to sing properly so that they can continue to sing and and style style can can come. I just wanted to make make that point. (laughs) I think it's important to also point out that, like, professional, the people you hear on the radio and, like, they all have vocal coaches. They're not, they're not, they're not, like, they're not, like, they haven't arrived and they're doing it on their own. They are going to seek help and seek, like, the training and seek the, like, just like you said, just the reminders on how to do this so that it can be long term. Well, Jason, what I would say is that's true. And yes. Yet what typically happens is many of these people today rise to some element of celebrity status or stardom with no training. And then they run into a wall where they can't go any further or they've got some type of vocal damage. You see it across the board. You you, you name a vocal artist right now and I'll tell you about the vocal damage story that they have to tell and and the problems that they went through to do it. And then they get the lessons. How much better to get those lessons ahead of time? And just to piggyback off of something Corinne said, one of the things that happens if you end up with vocal damage and you sit in an ENT's chair, they're going to talk to you about your speaking voice and likely send you to speech therapy first because no matter who you are or no matter what you do, you talk more than you sing. And that's where a lot of the damage ends up happening. It's crazy. What, uh, why does, we, we touched on this a minute ago a little bit, but why does my voice run out of steam partway through a set? So like I'm, I get up to play and it's like, oh, I can't do one more service or I can't do, you know, like uh, the pastor's like, we're going to add a second service. And you're like, "Mm, two services is too many or three services is too many. Um, What are some, why, why does that physically, why does that happen? And then how do we help that? Well, the first thing is because most people 
do not use proper breath support to support their tone. So I'm going to say that's number one. So when they're not using proper support with from the from the diaphragm, they're pulling from their throat. And you can tell this even just by looking at singers. You can see the strain in the neck. You can see the tension in the face and in the jaw. And those muscles are tiny compared to the huge diaphragm, which is one of the largest muscles you have in your body. So when you're using the diaphragm, the intercostal muscles to help and the abdominal muscles to help support, you're in great shape, but most people don't. So that's number one. Number two is tone placement. A lot of people don't really understand how to create a pretty tone. That's not something that we, <laughs> that we talk about much anymore. We're not into pretty or beautiful tones. You don't listen to singers anymore and just go, Wow, I love the tone. You'll go, yeah. I love her. Oh, I love the, the, that song was so cool. I love the voice because it was powerful, but nobody talks about pretty tone. And part of that is because tone placement now is usually relegated pretty much to the back of the throat. We have a, 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 a love relationship now with belting and that type of, of sound that comes from that. It's a powerful sound. It's a passionate sound. The problem is it's burning out your vocal cords. So yeah. when when um, when Corinne and I studied in our classical form, which is what what she mentioned at the at the onset, is absolutely true. Both of us studied classically when we went to school, but neither of us have ever really sung classically by by choice. We we had to sing classical music in college, but that's not the direction we've gone. What we've gone, to, however, is to take classical training and convert those things stylistically so that we can help people who are singing in a contemporary voice. That doesn't mean that tone placement isn't very important. When you take place a tone a little higher up in your head, you're going to take a lot of pressure off of, of the vocal cords. I tell people in my classes to put their hand on their throat and just speak for a minute and just say something like, hi, my name is Sherry. And you'll feel lots of vibration in your throat. Then I say, I want you to sing like, I want you to speak like Mickey Mouse. And I say, kick that, kick that up really high. Hi, my name is Sherry. And watch how all the tension dissolves out of your neck. It's hard to do that on a podcast, but when I do that in person, you see that people's eyes light up. Now, yep. I'm not trying to teach people to sing like Minnie Mouse, but what I am trying to get them to see is that depending on tone placement, you can take the pressure off the vocal cords. And once you do that, then you're going to give your vocal cords much longer life during your set. Ah, it's amazing. Corinne, do you have some thoughts? Yeah, I mean... The, the part about when you're you're going to start singing and you have to deal with the situation that you have, you could be worn out, you could have been singing earlier, you could have been singing incorrectly for an extended period of time earlier, and then you push yourself kind of beyond the physical capabilities that, that you have. And I think mm -hmm. that, so just to answer why, why you're wearing out, you may not be starting out in a, in a good state. Yeah. Yeah, in a good state. Yep. Um, and that takes constant prevention. So the from the last time you spoke or sang, um, kind of doing it, doing it properly so that you're just like with any other muscle, you, you're not going to be performing well without without doing that. And then taking those approaches along the way. When we do lessons, sometimes people will joke that it's literally like the 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 patting your head and, and rubbing your belly thing, mm -hmm. because if you get one thing right. And you're saying, okay, my larynx is low. I, I remember to do that now. 
well, then they forget to take their breath. They're not supporting their breath. So then we say, that's what you need You're to like, stop. I need a flow chart on how to get all the things to do Literally. right. <laughs> so sometimes, sometimes the person will go, will say, okay, go ahead and start your song for us. And they go ahead. And before the note comes out, stop, stop. You're already a little bit behind, behind the eight ball. Your stature isn't right. You haven't taken the breath in the right space. I can tell your mouth is too closed. So just mm. little things like that. And, and you imagine when, when you have other things on your mind, your yep. stress, it's, 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 you know, you've got that rush of performance. It, it's loud. You have an issue in your ear, you yep. know, diff- different things. There's no way people are always able to kind of remember that flow chart. So it's habitual. And I was mm-hmm. looking at, looking at worship leaders, especially when they're wearing their guitar and the, the, the immediate thing is to like hunch your shoulders in and you're like, mm-hmm. you got up to stand. I get I'm like, when I'm playing with, I'm like, you got to stand up straight and get those shoulders back. Cause it's like the, you're already closing yourself off with just that, just the weight of that guitar. How important is hydration? Like oh, talk, like, talk about hydration. Goodness. We're just going to go there because it's, <laughs> I mean, especially, especially in like, I know I've, I've so many vocalists I talked to that are like, I drank water this morning. I should like, I just wet my vocal cords and you're going to go sing. But like long-term goals, like how important is like constant hydration? Well, this is a subject near and dear to my heart because people do not understand hydration. They don't understand the proper ways to hydrate. What I think is funny is I'll I'll talk to people like, oh, no, 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 no. I I drink so much water. I'm always running to the bathroom. I'm afraid to drink too much water before you get in and say, I'm going to have to run to the bathroom. And I think there's, there's something that should flag when you think that. If you are drinking eight ounces and you're eliminating nearly eight ounces, you didn't hydrate your body at all. Yep. Simply drinking water, I, I hate to say it's it's not enough. You have to absorb the water as well. Uh, also, I think people forget that it takes about an hour for that water that you're drinking to actually get to the vocal cords. You have to metabolize it. The vocal cords are situated on the trachea. When you drink, you drink through your esophagus, which goes into your stomach and then waters your system systemically. Right. So how can you best absorb water? I, I recently read something. I thought it was great. It said, you'll, you'll hydrate better with one bottle of water and an apple than you will with two bottles of water because you need electrolytes and you need fiber. Interesting. Wow. Every, I'm now going to have water and apples available on Sunday morning. <laughs> that's an interesting, that's an interesting in fact. Room. Yeah, and in the I green room. The Sherry, the, Gould, the, the Sherry Gould Buffet. Water and water and apples. And apples. I'm totally going to do this. fiber, electrolytes. You know what ends up happening oftentimes is if we don't do this correctly and we're just drinking and drinking, we'll flush out some of those electrolytes and that makes you feel more thirsty. Uh, okay. But you, it's just you're not hydrating crop correctly. Let's, let's just break this down real matter of fact. What happens when I don't take care of my voice? Like what is actually, no, let's do, let's, let's be, I think it's important to know the negative. And I think it's because people go, I'm never going to get vocal. Like I'm never going to get nodes. I'm never going to have like, and like what actually, what is happening? Go ahead. Well, one of the things that <laughs> She's, I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want to be that one. You, 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 you deliver the bad news, Sherry. You deliver I'll the bad news. Downer. Here we go. I don't, I don't mind. He I says with a smile. That's right. She's, so she's, here, here's the thing. Over long term, the the musculature, the structure of the vocal cords does begin to weaken and break down. One of the things that happens, obviously, we know there's there's damage that can be done, but there's loss of range, there's loss of strength, there's permanent damage. And 
you know, you mentioned something earlier. You said, oh, 20 years, I might end up with nodules. I, I wish it was 20 years. Yep. I, I mean, I don't want it to be 20 years. It's not 20 years. It's, it's often less than 20 months. I am running into so many young worship leaders young who are having uh, vocal. In fact, Corinne had a student, she was in high school and uh, she, she was pushed so hard during the spring play that she ended up with the nodules. The Oof. girl was 17 years old. Oof. It was heartbreaking. And I, I teach at Camp Electric every year. Toby Mack has a really great rock and roll camp for kids yeah. in July in Nashville, Tennessee. And um, every year, I, I can't tell you, I probably run into at least a dozen and those are the ones who come up to me kids who have already been diagnosed with nodules. So it's once you have nodules, then you have scar tissue, especially if you opt for surgery, which I never recommend. I always recommend rest and rehabilitation, not, not surgery. And, and just to, to put that out there, if you have been diagnosed with some sort of um, uh, vocal malady, some sort of vocal damage, I would, I would love for you to reach out to me. And uh, I would love to help walk you through that rather than see you go through surgery. There are ways to heal naturally and minimize damage. But even once you're healed, oftentimes there's scar tissue and that scar tissue can weaken the voice in a specific area over a, over a period of time. So it's not something to mess around with. Yeah. I also wanted to say, you know, as she explained, so much of, of the time is spent recovering, mm. you know, if you're even on the road to recovery from injuries that one gives oneself by, by causing these problems, that imagine if that time could be spent in the positive, oh, totally. growing your voice and, and actually getting experience that, that's helping you developing your voice, your style, instead of constantly managing, managing an injury. Um, which has to be done. And it's it's just sad, but this has sort of become a passion project of, of ours together yeah. to explain about vocal rest and, and the immediate things to be done if you have any sort of damage at all, or, or if you're just continually going down a path that is going to cause that. Um, and again, it's taking taking us away from helping people get better at what they want to be doing, but mm. it's extremely important. Yeah. What are, um, what are some tools I should have on hand to help my voice like and sprays and teas and, um, what are some, what, what are some things you guys recommend? Like just to make sure that like, I just kind of help my voice, but also I mean, we've all been there on Sunday morning where you're like, I just need some, some like warm tea or, um, uh, just to kind of help that. What are some things you guys recommend? My mom has quite a variety. Um, I have, I have basically taken my my kind of top three from her repertoire of products, um, and and I think that that some of the key things that that I personally use are the throat coat tea. I absolutely adore it. I think it's wonderful. Does flavor um, does flavor matter on that one, or is it just? I mean, because there's like several different flavors. All well, of them two. are. There's only two that I. Is there two? There's lemon yeah, and. Yeah. There's yeah, a lemon the one lemon and then, echinacea and the yeah, regular mm -hmm. and regular. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. That one is just great. And I think if you're going to be singing that it should be replacing whatever, whatever else you would be drinking instead, like a coffee or an energy drink or whatever it is people, <laughs> people do. I love that one. And then, you know, um, mom, maybe you can explain a little bit about, about the, the cough drop thing, which people really love to do. 
Sure. And just to follow up on the throat coat, a lot of people try to use the throat coat tea like they would a normal tea bag. And I think that you lose a lot of the properties. This is an herbal tea and you actually are able to extract more and more benefits from it by allowing it to steep a minimum of a half an hour covered. And so you might even want to consider steeping your tea overnight if you're going to get up in the morning and then heat it up and or drink oh, it cold and take it take it with you in a nice thermal thermal cup to sip on while you're going um that that's key you know and throat coat's been around for, for for many many years i think that a good throat drop is is invaluable the important thing to remember is not to use a drop that has menthol in it so i'm talking about like a cough drop or a throat lozenge the problem is about 98 percent of them out there have menthol and that's a problem because that's going to dry out the vocal cords and even though you might feel somewhat of a benefit initially from the you know the, the sweetness and the the syrupy uh, part of the that drop the back kick is that it's going to dry out your vocal cords. And as we spoke about hydration, hydration is absolutely essential to keeping your vocal cords, you know, uh, flexible and healthy. So look for cough drops that have pectin. The one that I know of for sure is Hall's Breezers. I always recommend them. They taste great and they do the job well. They're not the world's best cough drop. If you're sick and you need a cough drop, you might want to grab some Ricola but you, or, or, or a regular Hall's, but for, for the throat, there's that. And along with the idea of hydration, I would also say that getting a vaporizer is really key because one of the ways that we hydrate is not just through drinking, but also the way we breathe. When you breathe through your nose, it cleans, warms, and moistens the air. But if the air is dry, your body has to fight even harder to moisturize that air. So many times throughout the year, and depending on where you live, that humidity level in your home is way too low to be healthy. A healthy humidity level is about 50%. So when you watch you watch that humidity level, you're like, whoa, I had no idea it was so dry in here. And that's part of why you might be very thirsty. I recommend warm air vaporizers because there's less bacterial problems with those. It boils the water as it, as it goes into the air. Now, I also uh, like to recommend a throat spray that you can make for yourself. And it's um, made up of aloe vera and glycerin. It's vegetable glycerin that's edible. You have to find like a food grade vegetable glycerin and aloe vera. I love uh, George's aloe vera because it's distilled. It tastes like water and a mixture of mostly aloe vera. You'll usually say, find a, find a, a food grade spray bottle, fill it up about nine tenths of the way with the aloe vera and the rest with some vegetable glycerin shake that baby up and you've got yourself a healthy moisturizing throat spray. If you know lots about uh, essential oils, you can add a few drops of your favorite essential oil that's good for the voice as well. But I also have some products available on my website, which might be uh, what you you would be thinking about as well, Jason. I yeah. have um, a couple of different ones that I, I don't make these myself, but I represent them. They're or, uh, organic products that I absolutely love. And I've been around a long time and I've tried many vocal sprays. This is the only one I really put my seal of approval on. So you can just go to my website and find that sherrygould.com. But there's a, um, a throat spray called Throat Saver Spray. It's absolutely fabulous. It prepares the voice for singing. It clears away phlegm. And that's one of the magical things about that spray because once you, if you start singing, and you're singing incorrectly, 
or you've had a rough day vocally, you'll get phlegm because phlegm is nature's bandage, so to speak. It comes to, to cover and coat and help heal those vocal cords, but it's not helpful when you're trying to sing. And so what we tend to do is clear our throat, which really just starts the cycle of more phlegm because you scratch the vocal cords when you clear them, then your body sends more phlegm. So what we want to do is kind of clear that in a healthy way. If you have no vocal spray around, just swallow, wait, that phlegm will clear itself up and then it won't come back. Whereas if you clear it, it's going to come back. But the vocal spray helps you get rid of that spray within about 10 seconds. It's awesome. And it also opens up the air passages and it just, it feels amazing. It's a, it's a great spray. And uh, there's another product I have called vocal rescue and vocal rescue is really when your vocal cords are hurting. So like you said, you might wake up one morning and you're not feeling so great. Of course, what you should do is not sing that day. <laughs> what you should do is we're all like, ha ha ha, Sherry. Yeah, just don't go to home. don't go lead worship that morning. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> because that's what all good singers do. That's no, right. all of them are going to put on their worship leader hat and head off to to serve in that morning. So this this vocal rescue is a gargle, and it's absolutely the most amazing product I have ever ever seen for uh restoring the vocal cords back to health it's like you you can't speak and you you gargle with this you you, you spit it out afterward yeah. it has uh, arnica oil in it which isn't uh, good for your tummy and and yeah so you spit it out you you go and within 10 15 minutes you, you have your voice back it's that's just amazing. absolutely amazing so that's what <laughs> i say Similar to what you said about the the clearing throat too, is people that do have a cough. If you do feel like you're getting a cough or you sort of have phlegm and you're trying to cough it out, I think that it's really great for those times too. And also, if you can't stay home and you can give yourself a break of speaking or or talking and you can use that stuff to prevent, even if it's just for an hour or two, Mm -hmm. taking that vocal rest anytime you can from complete silence. Mm -hmm. Ah, it's good. Hey, so this podcast is called The Table, and uh, I believe good conversation happens over good food. And so I, you guys are laughing. I'm excited about this now. So if I was to come over for dinner, like what, what would you, what was a meal that would be on the table? What would be? Well, Jason, we, we were joking about this last night. You know, I, I've, uh, I've been a mom for almost 42 years. I'm a grandmother of all these kids, cooked three meals a day for all these years. So probably what we'd be having at my house is whatever you'd be bringing. I'm You're tired right. of cooking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like that's amazing. Oh, so Corinne, like so Corinne, what would you be? What would be? What would be coming? What would be? Um, what is... Well, well, she said that, and my my childhood heart just broke in half, and I was like, "Those are my childhood meals you're talking about that they're just they're gone." What? All that work, and I'm done. I'm actually <laughs> mom is on strike. That's what. That's what. The, there that's is what... nothing. Nothing as good as mom's cooking. I I just will. What go... is your favorite meal that she made? What is what is What's a, what's, oh, what's like a top many. meal that there's I'm putting so you on the spot. I'm putting you on yeah, the spot. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot. It's, it's just the ones, that, the ones that you remember having as a kid and they may have been a favorite. We had so many kids. We all had different favorite foods. Yes. Um, and yeah, it, it, my least favorite part was, was our, our kitchen jobs, which was oh. the, the part after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So many, so many fun ones, but that's why we were laughing um, at my house now. I have kind of a, a, a special situation um, where my husband was actually born in India 
Okay. And um, we've been married for about 14 years now. And so ever since we got together, it has been part of my life to kind of incorporate the food um, from India. And it's yeah. just absolutely been a huge, huge life-changing thing for us. And now that I have kids kind of incorporating that into our lives. So we have our absolute favorites. Um, and so if you were to come to my house, yep. you would definitely find some Indian food. Oh, that, that sounds great. Favorites. <laughs> that sounds great. Sherry, we're going to go to her house because I don't want to come over and not, and then bring bring Taco Bell or whatever is the nearest drive through. And what are gonna, that's amazing. Hey, how do we how do we how do we connect with you with you guys, Sherry? I know you mentioned you started with the website, but let's how else talk how else can, can we connect with you? Yeah, my website's probably the easiest place. I also have a presence on Facebook. Um, and if if somebody's interested in finding out more about uh, the, your your voice, uh, we are actually offering Skype lessons now as of COVID. I never did that before, but um, that's a that's a possibility too for people if they're interested in in, lear- in learning more. So you can find me at SherryGould.com, S H E R I G O U L D.com, and uh, that's probably the best way to get hold of me, Corinne. Uh-oh. Yeah, um, I'm I'm on LinkedIn. Um, mostly, we kind of work together. If um, if I'm taking students, um, which at the moment I do not have any openings, so yeah. if if we do then work together, sometimes mom, you'll kind of look through the the different ones and see which one of us might be a good fit. Um, so that's probably also the best way to get through to me would be through my mom's website. Awesome. And Sherry, you mentioned those products were are on your website and you they can are. P- just purchase. click on the store button and you can find them there. I love this. <laughs> awesome. You guys are awesome. Thanks so much for sharing these words of wisdom this, today. Uh, and just I hope we can continue to help worship leaders be better and uh, not, not end, end, end their career because they can't sing anymore, but keep that, keep that going on. And uh, yeah. Awesome. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Jason. Thanks guys.